My name is Daniel Miller. I'm your servant host, and this is the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. I also host the Biblical Anatomy Podcast, and I'd like to echo an announcement from last week that I would like fresh in everyone's mind as they decide how they would like to support uh, Biblical Anatomy Academy in these two podcasts underneath that umbrella. Last week, I announced memberships that we are offering, and just a few days ago on the Biblical Anatomy Podcast, I announced the same thing. And they are three levels. There is the share it level, which is free, the show it level, which is $12 a month, and the do it level, which is $212 a month. The variations can be found on our support page, so I won't go into detail on how they vary, but essentially it is access and access to us. Uh, In the first model, there is uh, early access. In the second model, there is exclusive access. And in the third model, there's actually one-on-one coaching with us. So please look into that. I will put the appropriate material in the show notes so that you can do that. But today, much, much more importantly than that, we have Matthew 26. And it is quite a long chapter and a beautiful chapter uh, in, in the sense that we get to read it to this day. A very horrific chapter as we see Jesus uh, betrayed. So without further ado... Let's get into Matthew 26, and let's start with Matthew 26, verse 5. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. So here, there is a plot to kill Jesus. But almost like making a business decision... They are plotting to kill Jesus at the right time. And this just continues to build upon the hypocrisy of the religious leaders of that time. And as you go back a few chapters and and you read about woe to the Pharisees over and over, this is just another example of that. They're just so focused on their way being the right way and that legalistic mentality uh, that they can see what is right and what is wrong to a degree, uh, but they look at things as a business decision. Even killing the Messiah is a business decision. Uh, Next, we have Matthew 26, verse 11. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And I'll go ahead and read the next verse as I have that on the list as well. In verse 12, in pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Uh, Even though those two verses stand alone quite well, they are uh, following each other in succession. This is referring to the woman that pours this really expensive oil on Jesus to anoint him and is really beautiful. There's, There's so many meanings in here. And meanings that over the years that I continually go over this, that I will begin to uh, yield those meanings and 
do so throughout the whole rest of my life and undoubtedly yield much more in heaven. But it's it's a beautiful set of verses that discusses uh, the holiness of Jesus. It's a beautiful set of verses to see how people viewed him, even though the majority viewed him as essentially someone that was blaspheming over and over and uh, in that in his own Jewish community and then a level of political association, the Romans viewing him as almost a nuisance, but then the people that are near and dear to him uh, valuing him in just such a beautiful way. And, And yes, the disciples do question this, but I think that they get the point at the end of this, how beautiful this expression is. And, and while I'm on the topic, I will mention this as it pertains to what I prefaced this episode with. And I'm realizing over the last year of podcasting how important it is for relationship and how disingenuous relationship becomes the further and further we get stretched. It's not possible for me to have an effective beautiful, genuine relationship with every person out there. Um, But it's also not my job to do that. It is my job to be immensely impactful and wonderful with the people that are entrusted as friends in my life and peers in my life. And so to echo these verses and the nature of that close-knit discipleship group surrounding Jesus, um, this is an, yet another reason why we have elected to go the membership route. We're not looking for a following of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of individuals. That's, that's not us. It's not us at all. We're looking for a close-knit community that we can provide as much value with as possible. A close-knit community that we can take the 10 years of college experience and all the life experience we have and essentially put it on a flash drive, if you will, and give it to each individual so that they are best apt to help themselves and those surrounding them with that information without the need to go have all those life experiences and 10 years of education themselves. Wasn't my intention to plug that in there, and it's certainly not meant as a plug, but I feel that deep in my heart. Close-knit relationship with the people that we can be close with, the right number of people that God has entrusted in us to be our friends. That's spoken to myself and also to you because those people are going to look different person to person. Matthew 26, verse 26 through 29. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took up, took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Obviously, this is relating to communion and what you likely do at your church and we do at our church. 
and the significance of that, his body and his blood. And I can't wait for the time that we get to do this with Jesus. Uh, As a non-biblical scholar, there's not a lot more depth that I can provide in those sets of verses. But over the years, this act has become much, much more meaningful for me and actually become an emotional experience. I shouldn't say actually become an emotional experience. Uh, It should be an emotional experience for all who partake in it. And uh, I always look forward to partaking in it as frequent as possible in church. Uh, And each church makes their own decision on the frequency there outside of the context of this discussion. But such an emotional and powerful experience rooted in Matthew 26. A few verses later in verse 34, it reads, Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, for this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. That Speaking of an emotional experience, um, this chapter will conclude with that happening. And uh, open your Bible and look at this section and you will see that Peter denies that and says that there's no way I would ever do that. And then as Jesus predicted, he does in fact just that. And the way that it's written to me takes me right there. And you can almost understand from a human perspective what Peter was thinking when he was denying Jesus and almost not realizing that he was fulfilling what Jesus would predict would happen. But then you know, you feel in the reading that moment when the rooster crows and he realizes what he's just done. And in the ESV, it says he wept bitterly. And I'm a visual learner, so it's not often that written text takes me to a very graphic moment, but that section of scripture takes me to a very graphic moment. And as a human myself, just like Peter, I can only imagine how much I would have wept bitterly over having something fulfilled that I knew was wrong and had promised I wouldn't do. In verses 45 and 46, it reads, Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Just after this is when Judas comes and kisses Jesus on the cheek and betrays him. Jesus knows this is going to happen. He knows this is the time. He's just gone through, through, I believe it's three rounds of prayer while the disciples continue to fall asleep. Again, this is Thursday night, leading up to what we refer to as Good Friday. The trial will take place all night. There is a slew of evidence to support that this was Thursday night leading into Friday, that Jesus rested on Saturday. I'll refer to that in the next few weeks. Saturday was Sabbath. It's amazing that Sabbath is almost honored and fulfilled in that way that Jesus rested in his death on that day and then rose again on Sunday, the first day of the week. Uh, But here, 
I think it's really interesting that he says, rise, let us be going. Almost like we have work to do. That work involves his persecution, but he realizes that it's his time, that it's time to continue on in this manner and for the story to continue, even though it's going to be absolutely brutal and horrific above the means that really any of us can comprehend. Then in Matthew 26, verses 52 and 53, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? Really, in the first part, in the 52nd verse, is what's most profound to me. He who yields the sword. Let me make sure I'm saying it correctly. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Now, forgive me, I don't recall how Peter perishes. I feel like I remember... Uh, reading that he requested to be hung upside down. I don't think that he perishes by the sword, but he also isn't one that utilizes the sword in battle continually. This is sort of a one-off occurrence. He's doing this obviously because he loves Jesus tremendously and wants to protect him. So I don't think that there's application there necessarily, but... I would like to marinate and dedicate time to that statement more thoroughly and investigate how Peter dies. Please let me know what you know about it and uh, how all the disciples perish. I believe all perish except for John, if I remember correctly. And it would be interesting to look and see instances where this uh, die by the sword instance reoccurs throughout scripture. And uh, it, it's, it's every once in a while I have a statement that just kind of jumps out at me off of the page. And that's true for this statement here. In verse 56, it reads, But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. That last part, then all the disciples left him and fled. It's another thing I need to marinate on, I need to pray on, I need to continue reading. It seems like such a drastic thing with what Jesus is going through and about to go through for them to leave him and flee. I'm not sure about that. To conclude here, we'll stop about 20 verses later, Matthew 26, verse 75. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Mentioned that before, of course, many verses ago. And I can only, I can only imagine... I can imagine as a human being why he did what he did and the logic that we as human beings have in that. Um, but I, 
I, I cannot imagine how devastated I would be or how devastated he truly was in that time, apart from the words, wept bitterly. We're not too far away now. We have Matthew 27 coming up, Matthew 28 to conclude the book of Matthew, and then we're on to Mark. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this time with you. Uh, I study each chapter for about seven days, and this has been a wonderful form of accountability for me just to be apt or able to speak about a chapter each week. Again, not as a biblical scholar, but just as a man who loves Jesus and is willing to share his thoughts and his life experiences with you. You may agree, you may disagree, uh, but I hope, if nothing else, it prompts uh, reflection in your life, and more than anything else, it prompts you opening your Bible. The response we've got from this podcast has been very humbling and beautiful, and we thank you so much for the support. There's anything we can do to further support you. Uh, if you're looking to start your own podcast, I have just taken a master's degree on podcast publishing uh, over the last year, just completely immersing myself in everything. To be frank, some things that I shouldn't have concerned myself with for probably another five or 10 years, but that's the way that my brain works. And so I definitely got a fast track course on all the specifics associated with the producing, the editing, the publishing, the promotion, the recording, all of that stuff. And so if you have a desire to publish a podcast, like I have a desire to write a book, and I'm beginning that journey along with this, having stopped many drafts of a book many years before, but sort of starting this phase of authorship. If that's you, but for podcasting, or anything else you, you feel we are an authority figure on that we can help you, we want to. And so please reach out so we can help you. We thank you for your support over this last year. Uh, we hate to feel like a podcast is coming to a close in two more chapters of Matthew. It certainly is not. We will continue, but it, it will look differently and the access will be different. Um, but we feel like this is the right move for us. And we, again, as we have the last year, ask for your continued support in that. We appreciate you. We love you. And we thank you for your time. God bless. We want to sincerely thank you for listening to today's episode and conclude properly with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Brother, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that this show is bringing you joy, it's bringing you peace, it's increasing your proximity to God, and it's helping you add on serious muscle mass. 
That's what God's provided us the gift to do. It's to understand how the human body works, to put as much muscle on it as possible, which we understand is a unique challenge, not present to everyone, but it's a challenge that's present to you and I. And so we hope that today's episode and all episodes are encouraging you and helping you in that endeavor. Now, if you're like me and you're listening to this part of the episode, you probably are the type that has to listen to the entire episode or it doesn't count. Or maybe you're just stuck in traffic and you can't turn the podcast episode off at this point in time. Or maybe you are like me and when you read a book, you have to read the entire book, including the copyright information. I know it's a silly, silly endeavor, but we are the way that we are and God made us perfectly. We are the only creation of his that is made in his image. And with that in mind, I'd like to encourage you further and provide you a couple of resources that will be of immense benefit for you. The first is a one repetition maximum calculator. This calculator is made through a spreadsheet and it's laid out very well for you to estimate how strong that you have got over a specific period of time. There is a video on this landing page as well that'll instruct you how to use it. But if you need further instruction, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com and schedule a coffee session with me where we can talk about the uh, one repetition maximum calculator. To get the one repetition maximum calculator, you'll want to go to biblicalanatomyacademy.com slash one RM. You'll enter in your name and email and you'll get access immediately to the spreadsheet that we have created. Also of value would be a template to get you started as you begin to design new programs to break through plateaus as we instruct. This program that we have, this template, utilizes all the percentages that we preach and we believe is the best tool for you to break through those plateaus. You can access it at biblicalanatomyacademy.com slash template. You enter your name and email and you'll get an immediate download for the spreadsheet that we have created that allows you to put any of your exercises in any of those one repetition maximums in and use the document for success long term. Again, if you need assistance with either of those spreadsheets, the one repetition maximum calculator or the template we have created at Biblical Anatomy Academy, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com, scroll down and click the green button for coffee. And we'd be happy to meet with you over a cup of coffee or water or pre-workout or a protein shake whatever suits you best, so we can instruct you moving forward in life, in fitness, and in love. We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening all the way to the conclusion. Uh, We hope that you listen to a further episode and enjoy, and we hope to have future correspondence with you. God bless, and we love you.